So let's get started. Hi, I'm Isabel Hoffman. I'm a current senior. I'm studying English and Spanish. Hi, I'm Jared. I'm a senior here at Marion, and I'm studying biology and Spanish. Guten Tag. I'm Anne. I'm a biology major and a German minor here at Marion University. Hey, I'm Lindsay. I'm a history and global studies major with minors in French studies and pastoral leadership. All right. I think I could start off. So initially, I came in here as pre-medicine, wanting to study only biology and really honestly nothing to do with another language. And, you know, that includes Spanish. I've grown up with Spanish in my household my whole life, and I thought, you know, I don't need Spanish. I'll be fine. I could just stick with biology and focus on that. But then my sophomore year, Professor Baumgart over here was able to guide me and direct me and, and really uh, kind of kind of pushed me to think about even minoring in Spanish. And then that minor turned into a major, and I've learned so much, and here I am today. So that's kind of my story with, you know, the languages. I um, have a similar story. This is Isabel again. I kind of came in just thinking English originally. It was kind of something comfortable and what I knew that I was interested in. But in my freshman year, I also had a class with Dr. Baumgart, and she was the one who kind of invited me in to consider a Spanish major. It wasn't really in my head at that moment, but I did decide to take a chance on it. And I think a lot of people, especially in the Spanish department, have a very similar story of like not really considering it until someone kind of spurred them to do that. So I think that says a lot about what our Spanish department gives to the students and how much they encourage and kind of incite this inspiration into choosing to, to major or minor in Spanish. This is Anne over here. So before I even went here, Dr. Westfall, the German professor here, she told me about the this German doctor shadowing thing and that they have in Germany where you can shadow a doctor in a hospital. And I want to go into the medical field, so I love that idea. And so that kind of like sparked my interest. My grandma, her first language is actually German, so that was another reason. <laughs> and I was studying Spanish in high school, and I just wanted to try something a little bit new. So I fell in love with German. I loved Westfall. I wasn't expecting to actually minor in German, but I loved Westfall so much. I made so many friends in that class. So I was like, I might as well just keep on going. So this is Lindsay. For me, it's actually a bit of a story because I've been learning French since I was in middle school. And the only reason I chose it when I was in middle school, I went to Zionsville, so we learned pretty early. It was a sixth grade, and we had that little form that we had to fill out that was like, this is the language I want to do. I looked over, and the boy I had a crush on was marking off French. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take French then so I could be in the same class. We weren't in the same class. It was a complete fail. I did not get to sit next to him all semester. However, I really started to like the language, even though my teacher was really a really bad one. And then I continued it through high school, dropped it junior year because I was taking a million AP honors classes. Uh, and then when I got to college, I was like, well, I have to have a language requirement specifically for my global studies minor. At the time, it was a minor. Um, so I took Spanish over the course of a summer, and I actually lost a lot of my French because so many of those like prepositions and the like transition words like into or between or to, like they were so similar to French, but they were different. Like 
en in in Spanish and all in French. In French, it's like um, all is like inside of a country, like en France, uh, but it's different in Spanish. I don't remember what it is, but I don't kind of don't care anymore. Um, but I lost a lot of my French, and then when we were talk, I was talking with my advisor, Dr. E, about um, going further with Spanish, and I was like, I kind of don't want to go any further with Spanish. And she was like, well, how many French credits do you have? And I was like, oh, I tested into 201. And she was like, why in the world were we having you take Spanish when you could have been taking French this entire time? <laughs> so then I took a bunch of French classes, went to France, and now it's my minor. <laughs> and I'm curious to hear, especially from Anne and Jared, about how your family history, your family connection with the language and cultures informed your decision, the relationship between that and your studies here at Marion. This Anne again. So my grandma, she and grandpa, they both uh, know German. And I was hoping that like if I study German at all, I'd be able to at least say some sort of like phrases to them or be able to like speak to them. My problem is, though, that they I still can't understand them. I don't know if it's because they mumble a little bit or if it's because there's different dialects in German. And I'm studying like the major general one and they know northern and or northern and southern German. But I still like the idea of being able to like go back to my heritage, go back to my roots, be able to know more of my culture, of where like my ancestral culture and that. Yeah, and that's cool that you brought up the point about kind of going back to your your roots and your culture because I was you know kind of in the same boat there. My my mom is from Colombia, and growing up, I was able to understand Spanish, but Speaking was a little tough for me. So, yeah, I grew up with, you know, the culture and the ability to, you know, understand growing up. And that's part of the reason why I thought I didn't have to study Spanish in college because I was like, oh, you know, my mom's Colombian. That's basically a professor from birth, <laughs> right? But, you know, there was so much more that I was lacking. And um, I guess that kind of motivated me to. When I decided to major in Spanish, the cultural roots kind of motivated me to study hard and work hard to, to learn the Spanish so I could connect with my family when I went back to Colombia. And I actually, because of taking classes here at Marion in Spanish, I was able to go back to Colombia and have great conversations with my family. And that's you know something I never thought I could do because I thought I was just too late to the game. So yeah. This question is for everybody then. What do you like most about the languages and cultures that you're studying? Um, this is Isabel. Jared and I are actually both in a class together this semester um, that is with Dr. Ikeda called Hispanic Artistic Expressions. And at first it was kind of like, okay, I have one elective left in Spanish. Like, let's just choose the one that seems the most apt to one that I will enjoy. Um, but it's actually been really cool to have that blend of like, a Spanish class, fully immersed in Spanish, but also having that art history side, especially because my mom is an art teacher, so I kind of grew up with that. And so it's been really interesting to have that like art background and have an art history class, but then mixed with this new, like, okay, it's totally in Spanish. I'm learning more focused on um, Hispanic artists and also like different cultural um, blendings of an art history course specifically tuned to Hispanic expression. So that has been really cool for me. I have uh, a few reasons. So the something quirky about Germans is I don't 
they're not very creative, I feel like, when it comes to <laughs> words. So they love just putting, like, two generic uh, things together. So, for instance, an uh, airplane is called a flugzeug, so it's literally called a flying thing. And a match is called uh, a fire thing, so a feuerzeug. Um, so I just, I think it's quirky how some of the words, like their literal meaning and the translation, they also love really, really long words. So 555 is much, like, much longer than you actually expect it to be. It's, uh, they just love combining words together into one word. And Well, I think we all want to hear you say 555 yeah. in German. <laughs> For sure. Yes. Fup hundred, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Tongue twister. Yeah. For me, it's been mostly the fact that learning French has made me think about English a lot more. Same way that when I went to France, I thought about the United States a lot more. I didn't think that going abroad would make me make me learn more about my home country. But English has so many words. Like, we have so many words to say so little. And, like, <laughs> I'll ask my professor what this one word means, and she'll be like, oh, like, it means this. And I was like, oh, that's, like, another word for this other thing. And she's like, yeah, like, we don't have a differentiation between those two things. You would have to say it with, like, the inflection or in what context you're talking with it. It's not, I'm trying to think, like, happy and joyous. It's just joyous like it, it's it's a bit more or heroes like there's there's a that that was a terrible example but there's there's a lot of like especially when it comes to emotions it's it's more of a, there's not as many words to to describe it but in french when we talk about like fun like it, it is a romance language two out of three languages here are romance languages uh but it's also a very romantic language in that when we do talk about like emotions and feelings and romance, there's a lot more words and there's a lot more like meaning behind them. Like to say I miss you in English is not the same as saying I miss you in French. Because uh, when you say it in French, it doesn't literally translate I miss you. It's tu me manques, which is you are missing from me. So it's a lot more like emotional and deep and more intertwined with the meaning. And it's always really cool to notice where where they say we don't need more words for this to where they say we need 50 words for this this might not be what you're thinking about this is Anne again but when i went to germany and austria the transportation systems are so much different over there they actually do like care about pedestrians like and when you're dry when you're riding your bike or when you're walking and you cross the street, they will stop for you. Like, they, they won't, like, almost run you over. Where it seems like that will happen over here. <laughs> it's just incredible how their, like, their buses, their trains, like, the, everything's just so reliable over there. And then over here, like, you just drive a car around. <laughs> yeah, especially in Indiana. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's actually really similar to the big difference I found when being in France. You know when you're driving and there's a yellow light and you're like, oh, I got to, like, beat that yellow light so I can keep going? No, in France it literally means, like, you're slowing down because once it's red, like, it, there's no wait time in between when it turns red and the other one turns green. Like, they're going immediately. And I don't know if it's the same in Germany, but in France, um, when it goes, um, you know, green, yellow, red, it, it will also go red, yellow, green. So you're, you know when you're about to go as well. So... 
when they're going to go, like, you, you, you have to stop. Or else there's, it's a lot more constricted. It's a lot more timely. It's, it's not as, like, kind of all over the place. Yeah, in Germany and Austria, there is kind of like a warning before the green, too. And I, I really like that. Yeah, I think that's a great thing to share. So, I mean, as we all know, Latino culture is very, very warm and welcoming. And, you know, they, they like to hug a lot and embracing. So it, it was very nice to go to Colombia. And immediately right when I got there, I mean, everyone was just hugging me, just showing love because I haven't been there in 13 years. So it's, you know, it's been a minute. So it was really nice to see them and just feel the, the culture. It's, it's very warm there and just being around family, I, I haven't been around them in, in so long and it was just cool to just connect with them again and to see how much they appreciate others and love others. And then I, I remember, I think we, you and I were talking about this, uh, Dr. Baumgart, when I came back from vacation I was alone for like two or three days at my house in uh, in Illinois and I was just like what what's going on <laughs> like where is everyone I feel super lonely super sad I remember I was tearing up because I was like I miss my family you know and I, I wanted to be back so bad I was so sad to be back in the United States and even just greeting people just like out and about in the city everyone goes buenos or buenas, buenas, buenos dias, buenos dias, good morning. Everyone's, you know, making eye contact, smiling. It's just that that warm feeling. And then I come to the U.S. and everyone's looking down, everyone has music on, everyone just going about their own thing. And that's just a cultural thing, but that's something I do really appreciate about Colombia is everyone is, you know, very, very friendly. And it really shows. So it was definitely a great experience to go to Colombia and, kind of connect with you know, my my heritage and my roots and to see that culture and to bring it back here and share with you guys. That's actually really funny how you talk about uh, Colombia being like a it, like the the more interactive and kind culture as compared to like the United States because when you go to Europe like they know you're American if you like smile at someone on the side of the street. Like if you make eye contact and you smile they're like American like immediately. Cause like you mind your you mind your business when you're over in in Europe, but then like when you're back in the states, it's very like it was it was a very big identifier that you were American if you made eye contact and smiled at someone on the street. So yeah. it's interesting that there's like a difference there. Yeah. I can confirm that because I was actually like people thought that I was a local because I was kind of like keeping to myself. I wasn't smiling. I was kind of just going along my merry way to my classes, and they just assumed that I was a local. So what has surprised you all about studying French, Spanish, and German? This is Isabel again. I think with my experience being in both a lot of English and Spanish courses, I've kind of noticed the huge difference between like learning by studying versus learning by like acquisition. That's kind of the hugest thing for language courses is in our Spanish classes, we are completely immersed. Like even from the beginner classes, you're already like immediately speaking Spanish, even if it's broken or imperfect, you're practicing that from the very start, which I think is very unique to language courses and the way that you are kind of like investing in topics in Spanish while also utilizing your Spanish skills immediately. I also have had a lot of courses that have overlapped, which has been really interesting to see. There was one semester I was taking Dr. Baumgart's Teaching World Languages course, 
and also an English course about teaching. So that was super interesting to see the overlap between those two courses and talking about language acquisition in both contexts of Spanish language and then also like teaching pedagogy in English and how those kind of overlap or intersect. So I think that it was super beneficial to not only have both of those contexts, but be taking them at the same time to kind of like be able to compare and contrast in both of those things and just learn how different that learning experience is and how beneficial it can be to kind of like learn from each other and learn from yourself as you're learning a new language. It's really incredible. I think you've hit the nail exactly on the head because um, when I was in high school, all of the language courses were like, here's a bunch of vocab, here's a bunch of verb tenses, test every Friday. And then like we would talk in class in French, but it wasn't, it was very, very formal. Like you were always thinking about like any kind of verb tense. Like it took me going to France to say, to know how like they say, I don't know in French. Like it's not je ne sais pas, je sais pas. Like it's, it's so, it's so much more um, useful to know all of those other um, turns of phrase. And that like once I got into college French, it was like, we don't care as much about the verb tenses. We don't care as much about um, certain vocab, even though we would have certain vocab, uh, you know, units, but they would never be like, this is your test is, is the vocab. It'd be like, how can you, how well can you write an email and how well can you converse with the professor? How well can you like teach this certain, um, clause or anything? Uh, it was a lot more about how do you use this language and not, do you know the ins and out of the language? Yeah, I think that also professors in our language departments do super well with kind of like fortifying that idea. Um, there's been so many instances in a lot of my Spanish classes at Marion where people will start talking and be so nervous to like, oh, I don't know how to say this exact tense. And so many of my professors, including Dr. Baumgart, have just been like, if you can get your point across to me, if you can convey the idea you're trying to convey, then that's what matters here. And the grammar will come with time and all that practice you're practicing as you're trying to convey your ideas. So just like not only that that is like inherently in our courses, but also that it gets affirmed through our professors and like that encouraging side of even if you don't know exactly what you're trying to say, like just try. And if we can understand it to an extent, like you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, I think that's something really special about the you know language department um, here at Marion. I'd say the the biggest difference that I've noticed is the Spanish faculty is that the professors are a lot more just warm. And <laughs> I'm not saying that, you know, my biology professors aren't very nice and kind, but it's it's a different type of care that they show. And uh, I think that represents the Latino culture. And like I said, in Colombia, very warm, very supportive, there for you. And um, I've only had amazing experiences with every single Spanish professor here. They they really take the time to show that they care and they want to help you become a better Spanish speaker and how to understand culture better and help you grow, you know, as a person as well. And that's something that's really stood out to me and also surprised me heading into, I guess, a Spanish major and taking all the Spanish courses. I just, I wasn't expecting all the love and support. So thank you. Dr. Westfall is also amazing. She also makes it so fun and like warming and welcoming. My biology classes are more like lecture based. They're kind of just sitting there listening to the professor. Whereas German, it's more discussion based. She brings in like cultural topics. So we'll talk about festivals. She'll bring in like candy that they like over there. 
And then we'll also read a whole bunch of like wacky stories like the Grimm's fairy tales or just very interesting things to learn more about the culture. And, and in doing so, we'll kind of dissect the, the phrases, the sentences, and then try to reiterate them in German, which is not always easy, but it's a great way to learn the language and still make it fun and enjoyable. Yeah, I guess you could say that the Marian language department is indicative of the authentic cultures. Like, so when so when you talk about the Spanish teachers being very warm and open and, and caring about that, that's indicative of those cultures that you that speak Spanish. You talk about um, uh, Anne talks about having the German fairy tales and like reading those. My professor, uh, Professor DaCosta, um, she will correct you if you are wrong. So like, it, it is like get your point across, but like. I'm going to correct you. And that's exactly how it is in France, too. Like, you go there, and I, I remember my very first day I went there, and I was going around, and I was really struggling with, like, feminine and masculine because I never really kind of thought about that. And I said, um, baguette. And he smiled at me, and he went, une baguette? And I was like, oh, yep, that's it. So, like, they will correct you if you're wrong because that's how you learn. But, like, it's it's interesting to know that, like, the the language department is reflective of those, uh, of the cultures of whichever language you're learning. So... This has been so fun. I've loved hearing about your experiences and I really appreciate you sharing. I'd like to end sharing some advice or a message to future students. What message do you have for them? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would say, you know, just looking at my story, I came in, like I said, biology. I just wanted to do biology and I was just going to pick up a random minor, but having a language in your toolkit is so valuable and this is your time to learn it. It's going to be tough to learn a language when you're working an eight to five job every day. You know, so this is the time, as you know, from our discussion, we have professors here that care for you, that want, want you to succeed and to push you. So I would just advise you just to pick, pick any language. I mean, obviously I'm biased towards Spanish, <laughs> but now's the time to, to learn a language and you don't like it you switch to another language but I would I would say it's super important I would say just be open I I wanted to do Spanish before Dr. Westfall actually like contacted me because I was more nervous with learning a new language I, I was comfortable with Spanish I studied it in high school but then when Dr. Westfall reached out to me I actually started considering it and then I actually took the class I was also really nervous about studying abroad, and I was scared, of course, to go across the ocean and be there all alone. But uh, looking back, I'm really, really glad I went abroad. It changed my whole life. So I would say just be open, try new things. That Now's the time to do it. Yeah, like now is the time to do it. Like I keep hearing my parents and their siblings talk about how how they wish they had learned a language and like they still can like they definitely still can but like I remember being in high school and being like well it's too late for me to learn Spanish because like everyone like who know who I who I know who knows Spanish right now is going to be way better than me in any of this so it's too late for me to learn Spanish and I'm like if only I had learned Spanish when I said it was too late it's like you're going to look back at college and you're going to be like if only I had learned it like when I was in college or like 30 years from now, I'd be like, if only if I, if I had learned it five years ago, like you, like any progress is still progress. Yeah, I will say also, no matter if you're taking it as just like your language requirement, but don't pursue it further, or if you do want to make it a major or minor, there are still an insane amount of opportunities and also communities that 
majoring or minoring or even just studying the language opens yourself up to. Um, we have so many like language honor societies on campus, organizations, and also are just so immersed, especially in like the Latino culture in Indianapolis, um, that that world you probably wouldn't be as invested in if you weren't invested in the language and um, what knowing a language can kind of connect those like different communities together is something that's super spectacular and something that Marion really does well with our language department. So even if you don't want to pursue it further, that skill is still going to be useful and just having that knowledge for the basis for like creating relationships, um, both locally and like across countries. Yeah. Yeah. That's some great advice, Isabel. And one more thing I wanted to add, and you mentioned studying abroad and how now is the time to do it. Forgot to say that one of my biggest regrets in undergrad is not studying abroad. Um, I know I set up many meetings with <laughs> Dr. Baumgart, and we we put a plan together, and we said, "All right, this summer we're going to do it," or, or you know, after this winter we're going to do it. And I just I just couldn't get myself to do it because I play tennis here, and I would have to miss out on a season, or I'd have to go in the summer, and you know, I was just trying to work for grad school. So I felt like there was a way that could have happened, but I just didn't want to see it through, I guess. I don't know if I was scared or whatever, but for anyone out there that's considering studying abroad, I'd say go do it. Because me going to Colombia for those two weeks on winter break was kind of like my study abroad. I was able to be immersed in the, the country and the culture and the language. And I think that is what I need. And... It's going to, you know, help your language and help your understanding of the country and the people so much. And it's just a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Like Lindsay said, it's, you know, this is the time to do it. You can't really do it when you're working. So, it's very difficult, too. Yes. <laughs> yeah, very difficult. So, yeah, that's that's my biggest uh, advice and regret in one. <laughs> yeah. Um, diversity matters, and that includes diversity in languages. 